Let's go! What's up, everybody? Welcome to Bingetown TV. This is Brian here with Paul and producer Dave. And today we have episode seven of season two of the Disney Plus series, The Mandalorian. This episode is going to be chapter 15 entitled The Believer. And we get Bill Burr back as Mayfeld. That's the big news of this episode for me. And I really enjoyed this episode. Let's go. I was so hyped. <laughs> yep. I was so excited. Yep. Very good episode. Bill Burr does his thing. He ends up being a good guy. So I love to see yeah. that side of him. And it was it was really, really good episode. Obviously, um, we knew it was coming because of the end of last episode. Yeah. But before that, even with the theme of recurring characters, you know, we get to see so many people that we saw in season one come back. Like Fennec. I never thought I would ever see Fennec again. Mm -hmm. And the fact that we got him, I was so excited because I thought he was good and I wanted to see more and we got so much more. Yep. He really shines without those other bozo people that were part of his like heist crew Gang. in season one they yep. were all losers i always knew mayfeld had a little bit of good in him so i was really happy to see him and all three of us love bill burr from his stand-up yeah. i'm just really glad he's becoming a recurring character and someone that we can we can cheer for you know someone that we can like some of the lines where he yells in this episode literally sounds oh. exactly like his stand-up i couldn't yep. help but laugh <laughs> and this was I think besides the pilot episode of season one, this was the first episode without Grogu, right? Yeah, rips in the chat. Very first time we don't get him. Which, and I think in episode one, we even see him at the very end of the episode, but we yep. don't see him at all this episode. And I think Mayfeld really helps fill that void. Absolutely. Definitely. And I mean, Boba Fett, come on. That was of amazing. Course, yeah. Are we ready to get into it? Yep. All right, let's do it. So we open up with, Mayfeld right from the start and he is where we kind of knew he was in the Carthon chop fields which is just kind of this labor prison and he looks miserable he's just in a scrapyard collecting scrap metal it looks horrible but that's his prison sentence and a droid like a security droid walks up and says inmate three four six six seven you know salute marshal dune and Real i'm like quick, i don't think i'm ever gonna forget that number they just they say it so <laughs> like the droid mm -hmm. says it so many times i was like cracking up because he's just like so confused but i don't know if i'll ever forget that number <laughs> Marshall Dune is Cara Dune, obviously. Marshall Dune uh, comes over and she remands Mayfeld into her custody, just says, Yeah, you're coming with me. And his ankle bracelet comes off and he doesn't know what the hell's going on. So he's asking questions like, What are you doing? Am I leaving prison? What's up? And she, all she will tell him is she has a job for him. So she leads Mayfeld back to the slave one where she <laughs> sees. Uh, Boba Fett and Fennec standing outside the ship. And he says, whoo, thank goodness. I thought you were this other guy. I know. And then we get Mando. our boy Mando, best guard clad, <laughs> walking down. He's like, ah, oh, shit. I well, thought that was you... like the funniest part of the entire show. That was hysterical. Yeah. But real he was quick, like, oh, my God, I thought you were somebody else. Yeah. But how how can you glance over the uh, the upgraded Boba Fett suit, man? Come on, he was Ooh. looking fucking clean. It was yeah, all repainted was. and everything. Yeah, that was Absolutely a question. Right. That was a question that I had. I I thought it was just like refurbished or something, but I didn't know. Did he like Boba Fett specifically? Like cleaned it up and like I'm sure he repaired like, it a little bit. As we saw his attachment to the armor, I'm sure he treats that like his baby. So I'm sure yeah. like as soon as he saw the condition it was in, he was like, nope. 
can't do that. Yeah, just it's just going to town. It's just weird because even like the classic Boba Fett armor was a little weathered and weird. Mm-hmm. And this is like completely repainted. It looks strange. For it's looking yeah. clean, man. I loved it. I loved it. And I think it looks great. Yeah, it, it does look great. Definitely. Um, and also, I just thought it was so cool how Mayfeld was working on like TIE fighters. It was like a TIE fighter graveyard of just from yeah, all, of, all so the ones much. they've taken down. Yep. So it was a really cool setting for just like a labor prison camp, and it makes a lot of sense. There was just a, lot a little of references. bit of world building. I agree. I, li- I like that little nod. Yeah, we saw the, the TIE fighters, the destroyed TIE mm-hmm. fighters. We saw the cranes that we saw, I think, in like chapter 11 uh, that we said were former. Um, I forget what the actual robot I, camels. Yeah, the basically <laughs> robot camels. Yep. But well, yeah, like a lot AT-ATs? of cool ATs. Yeah. That's one of my favorite family guy skits. Like, oh, I think we'll be okay as long as I don't have any of those robot camels. And he's <laughs> yeah. like, ah, Bill, robot camel. Classic. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> anyway, so we have Cardoon is all she says is Mayfeld. Like, listen, I've been a lot of rules to bring you here. We need you because you're ex-imperial. That's all you got to know. And Mayfeld's like, well, listen, my time in the Empire was a long time ago, and Mando says yeah but you still know your imperial clearances and protocols right he has nothing to say to that and then we get our chapter 15 (laughs) the believer we're getting into it let me kick this off real quick just because this answered my question that we were talking about on the Mm. podcast how the hell does the slave one work and we got it it's gyroscopic and i fucking knew it from the beginning i didn't (laughs) i we didn't ever have confirmation maybe we might have had it but Definitely 100% confirmed gyroscopic. So that answers my question. Super happy to see that. We see the background of Cara Dune and Bill Burr are sitting and you kind of see the mm-hmm. background rotating with them taking off. So I was very happy to see we got an answer. Yeah, that's the first thing I thought of. I was like, yeah. well, that solves that question we had. Yep. I'm really late. Glad- Go ahead. I was just going to say later on in the episode, we do see Boba in it when he's ready to fly. Mm-hmm. And he is basically like, staring up at the ceiling like it sitting might, but rotated 90 degrees it might so be like the, like his son did like no i'm not like his son did like he did back <laughs> when Django fett was fighting obi-wan in mm-hmm. attack of the clones yeah and i think it might have just been like the passenger area that revolves gyrus regardless we get an answer finally I was going to say, yeah. So, Paul, you don't think the cockpit is also gyroscopic? You think that's one of those, like, lay down and you just kind of, like, come up with the ship? I, I, I mean, it's hard to tell. Maybe it yeah. is. But later on, when I'll, I'll bring it up when we get Word. to it. Okay. So, aboard the Slave One, Mando's telling Mayfeld that they need him to help get the coordinates for Moff Gideon's light cruiser, which we already know. And Mayfeld, right when we name drop Moff Gideon, he's like, whoa, just take me back to prison right now. <laughs> like Moff Gideon, it's not worth it. It's a suicide sentence, like dealing with this guy. And Cara Dune's like, dude, they took the kid. And he's like, oh, little green guy? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Everybody, right when they find out the kid's been missing, they're like, all right. We got to go. Guns are blazing. Uh, makes sense. And he was saying, you know, okay, so if I get the kid back, then I walk free. And Cara Dune was like, nope. I was like, what? That's such a good yeah. deal. Yeah, that should be it. He's about to take on, Mo- well, not Moff Gideon himself, but, you know, he's about to risk his whole entire life. He's for- definitely going to have some blasters shooting at him. So. Yeah. And it's funny, like all Cara Dune said, like, he's like, what do I get out of this? She says, 
change of scenery. That's it. He's like, well, okay, I, shit, whatever. But then he continues to say, I can't get the coordinates without an internal Imperial terminal. I believe there's one on Morak. Uh, that planet has a secret Imperial mining hub. So that's kind of setting the scene. We're going to go to Morak to find this internal Imperial terminal to get the coordinates. Mm-hmm. Uh, so they approach the planet Morak and Boba Fett scans the planet and locates the refinery. And he surmises that they're refining Rhydonium, which is a highly explosive, highly volatile substance. And that's really all we know going into this. I think it was uh, actually referenced in Star Wars, uh, the Clone Wars season five. The, I actually have the episode title. It was Missing Action, where they reference it there for the first time. So just another cool reference to connect all the, the universes together. Love that. So he also says that they have anti-aircraft cannons on top of the refinery and a platoon of troopers. So this is no joke trying to get in here to access this terminal. Hmm. Moving on, we are on the planet of Morak, like on the surface, and they're kind of all just grouped outside the refinery's perimeter. And there's kind of the scene where they see these giant trucks moving through a tunnel, like one after the other. They're not close to each other, but they see them like uh, shuttling through. And Mayfeld says, I'm not going to need long inside. Once I get the coordinates, you have to get me out. Uh, Boba Fett tells him to get to the roof, and that's how they'll extract him from it. They're just kind of formulating the plan here. Mm-hmm. Um, and Cara Dune immediately says, you know, me and Mayfeld are going to swap for drivers, and, you know, we're going to put on their armor, and we'll go in to the refinery and extract from the terminal. And Mayfeld and Cara Dune kind of have this exchange where Mayfeld tells him that the the entire refinery is set up by XISB, which is Imperial Security Bureau. And if you get your face scanned and your genetic signature shows up on any New Republic register, you know, it's going to be guns out. They're going to start firing. Uh, Fennec then chimes in that it can't be her either because she's wanted by the ISB. And this, Paul, was my favorite line of the entire episode. Boba Fett just says, let's just say they might recognize my face. <laughs> that's, that's awesome. I don't know if yeah. I fucking actually caught that. Yeah, I, yeah. Obviously, I thought he was like because he's they know Boba Fett for all of like the things mm-hmm. he's done. But he's literally the face of the club. He, he's probably yeah. he's probably wanted by a lot of different groups i'm gonna assume so definitely so not, funny. he definitely cannot go in there <laughs> i wonder if anybody else in the group knows that information probably not because he hasn't offered it up but nobody mm-hmm. really follows him up on that they're just like okay cool like fed can't do it yeah shady guy can't do it <laughs> mayfeld says well all right i'll just go at it alone and cara dune immediately says nah buddy you're just gonna run in and tip them off that we're trying to invade so and nobody, everybody's beating around the bush, trying not to say, Mando, you can do it because he would have to take off his helmet. And all the while, Mando is scanning these trucks and he gets on the heat scanner. He sees that the drivers are fully clad in armor. So he says, you know what? I can come with you, but I'm not going to be showing my face. Mm-hmm. Moving on, we have Mayfeld, Cara Dune, and Mando. They kind of jump onto these. These armored trucks are called juggernauts. Yeah, I really so, like the design of them. They're, you know, and that's yeah. what, it's a good name for, you know, a big armored vehicle juggernaut. So, hundred percent. That's what uh, Emily was saying too. She was saying, "Are the are those uh, like troopers? They don't look like it." And I was like, "No, that's just a uh, special armor, but they look sweet." And then mm-hmm. right as I said that, Cara Dune drops down 
and just knocks them out. I was like, they look sweet, but they have terrible security. <laughs> she is so badass, man. She's awesome. But that was her. way too easy to hijack. Yep. <laughs> so, well, was it too easy? I mean, it was a surprise. Was a surprise attack. Attack, she just yeah. went in like boop. Yeah. Boop. You know, I mean, she is a beast. She was quick off the draw. They were about to reach yeah. for their blasters or whatever. And, you know, oh, she blocks, man. blocks. Just if I got hit, into the... if I got hit with one of those meat hooks, I'd definitely be. Not <laughs> <laughs> those meat hooks. That's funny. So as we explained, Caradun jumps in, knocks out both of the drivers, and she stops the juggernaut. And Mayfeld and Mando get changed into their new armor. And <laughs> I like this scene. Have... This was probably my favorite yeah. scene, but well, not favorite scene, but probably take the us through scene it. Take me. us through it. Yeah, so Mando rolls around the corner in his new suit of armor, and everyone's just like kind of laughing. They're just like, that does not suit you very well. Like, you just look better in the old Beskar uniform. And I think we can all agree he does. It just, the Beskar just suits him. It looked unnatural. It looked so weird. It was totally unnatural, is what it was. So I I got a good kick out of that. Mayfeld was loving it. He was like, oh my God, everybody, you got to see this right now. He exactly, I think he says, now that right there is worth the price of admission. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So So good. Love that line. Bill Burr is, He's killing it as Mayfeld. I love Absolutely. his comedic timing. He brings like an element to this show that it, that it's missing whenever he's not on screen. I forgot to I, mention this at the beginning. I really, I don't think this will be the end of Mayfeld either. Like just how it was built up. Like he's kind of just, we'll get, I guess we'll get there, but I don't yeah. think, again, I don't think this will be the end of Mayfeld. They're setting it up for him to just become one of those go-to allies whenever mm-hmm. we need a thing. And he's also the only person that we know that has the ends with the empire. So I think he's going to be a very valuable ally. And I hope we're right in that assessment. I hope so too. Next thing that happens, Mando gives Kara. Oh my gosh. Mando gives Kara Dune his Beskar armor and looks at her and says, take care of this that is trust right there our boy mando giving her the mm-hmm. beskar armor that's his entire life in that bag and she's that, like yeah don't worry i got it <laughs> when he said that i really thought that something was going to happen to the beskar armor but of course you know cara dune's yeah. got it unlocked she's gonna she's gonna keep that keep that shit locked up <laughs> so mayfeld starts messing with the controls and the juggernaut and gets it moving and, you know, he's kind of jesting with Mando saying, yo, how does that new helmet feel? But Mando's not giving him the time of, time of day, not giving him the satisfaction. He's just staying quiet, solemn, mm-hmm. as our boy Mando does. <laughs> Mayfeld then takes off his own helmet and says, yo, I can't see anything in this thing. So <laughs> totally, I feel like so I would be the same way. Just 100%. It's literally just a slot of just sight. Like, I just don't know how they can see anything. But he's <laughs> Mando's used to it, obviously. Mm-hmm. So we're driving the juggernaut to the refinery um, and Mayfeld and Mando kind of have this like deep conversation before shit starts to hit the fan. As we know, Uh, the voice over the comm system warns that juggernaut four is going too fast and that they should watch their Rhydonium levels. That's just kind of going on in the background. They have this person, you know, giving them instructions. Yeah. And that was just to introduce us to the Rhydonium meter on the Mm -hmm. screen he looks down and sees it yeah so we're passing through a local village and mayfeld actually strikes up the conversation he says yeah empire new republic it's all the same to these people we're just invaders on their land somewhere someone in the galaxy is ruling and others are being ruled and i love that line because that's what palpatine has done for nine straight movies is rule (laughs) everyone in the galaxy and Mm -hmm. everybody else is just being ruled by him 
He continues, do you think any of those Mandalorians that died in the wars had a choice? How are they any different than the Empire? I'm a survivor just like you. And Mando gets really pissed at that. He says, let's get one thing straight. We are nothing alike. And Mayfeld's just like, I don't know, man. It seems like your rules start to change when you get desperate. And it's kind of true, you know? And we see that in this episode as well. Everything Mayfeld said was so on point. Um, And he even goes on to talk a little bit more later. We'll get to that. But, I mean, he's exactly right. I mean, nobody's doing anybody any favors. The Imperials, like, the Empire leaves. Somebody else is going to come in and rule, and they're going to be unhappy. Mm -hmm. So, um, and then I loved, I knew as soon as mando said let's get one thing straight i was like here's coming we're nothing alike and i love how <laughs> mayfeld was like you know what i think we we're pretty similar man yeah he brings up some good points look in this episode they just paint mayfeld as being the shady guy but with a heart of gold you know what i mean mm-hmm. and Absolutely. His, his head is in the right place i i just really like what they're doing to the character in this episode mm-hmm. moving along though over the intercom we we hear that juggernaut three just gets destroyed you know they're saying ah we're hitting some turbulence and then we hear screams and then we see an explosion in the background and then we get another explosion and another juggernaut gets destroyed and the intercom's just like yo guys don't worry about it we're gonna reroute you proceed with caution and mayfield's just like are you kidding me proceed with caution (laughs) they're just explosions going off left and right there's just (laughs) i would have bailed i would have just been like jumping out of the the juggernaut yeah. said, Asla, see ya. Um, <laughs> but did you guys notice anything when they saw the intercom system when they showed it when somebody was talking? Did, did it remind you of anything? Not right off the bat, no. It was the exact intercom, if I'm not mistaken, from Star Wars A New Hope when Luke and Han dress up in stormtroopers mm. to go get, save Leia. You know, they blast them. They go, Han goes to the the intercom and he's like, It's fine. Everything's fine. We're fine. How are you? That intercom is like the same exact style. That's funny. I I always thought that it was so cool in the movie that we never saw it again. And they freaking bring it back. And Mm -hmm. they're so good. They deliver. They can tell you they're actual fans of Star Wars. They did something else like that. Um, The Slave One had like a navigation system that was shown in the movies the prequels um and they made it pretty much like down to the exact knob and switch identical for this show it's just such minute details but the consistency is like ridiculous yeah with everything that they're working with too the fact that they can still keep it this consistent is just hats off to them moving on pirates start to like approach the juggernaut on either side in their speeders and you know it's it's really just one giant chase scene between these hordes of pirates oncoming, trying to blow up the Rhydonium. Yep. And the reason it's so difficult is because the faster they go, the more unstable and volatile the Rhydonium gets. So they have a speed limit that they can go and the pirates can go as fast as they want. So we get Mando's kicking ass on top of this juggernaut. He takes out like two speeders just by himself in hand-to-hand combat. I thought it was funny because he starts fighting as if he has Beskar on. I was literally just going to make that comment that Mm -hmm. I thought it was hilarious that, you know, he's blocking with his arms left and right, but he's just like, fuck, that like hurts, you know? I don't have my Beskar now. The armor is like actually shattering. (laughs) Yeah, Um, exactly. And one thing that was in the beginning, 
Yep. When he's shooting him with the blaster and the blaster just runs out. I was like, yeah, classic, uh, classic stormtrooper. Yeah. Armor yeah. and just standard issue empire guns. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he just literally throws the pistol at he's the guy like, and this starts thing is like useless. beating him up. Got yeah. like eight shots off and he was like, that's it. Yeah. Yeah. So eventually, and it's just this long chase scene, but eventually he gets tackled by one or two of them and a third guy is trying to plant like a sticky grenade directly on the Rhydonium and this is when he's really in trouble but they start to retreat off and he gets there just in time to like take off the sticky grenade and throw it at the speeder you know woohoo we won whatever and then he's like on the ground like breathing heavily and then he sees like three more speeders come up and it they're almost all just popping their they're all getting ready yeah. to pop their grenades they, there's like 10 of them with them it reminds me of like the Jon Snow like facing at the Battle of the Bastards, yep. just him with his one sword against like a bunch of horses coming on. <laughs> and then we get the reinforcements in the form of TIE fighters. And I thought this was just this awesome play on the whole narrative where it's the Empire coming to the rescue. Yeah, yeah. It's the like the the weirdest feeling of being happy that tie fighters are on the screen. I was really, I personally was really expecting Boba Fett to come in with the ship, but I guess that would have really given away their, Mm -hmm. their presence. So I was, yeah, when they, when it ended up being the empire saving their lives, I was like, Ooh, nice little twist there. Yeah. And do we know the, the race of the pirates? Uh, I don't think they, they were just... ever. I don't think they were ever referenced before. I I was doing some like Easter egg looking, and they were never mentioned. So it might be like a new, like a new species we've never seen before. And they just live on Morak, I, yeah, I guess. They're so. native to Morak. Yeah, they're probably Makes just, sense. They're probably just pissed at the Empire for taking their land or something like that. Just try and cause chaos where they can. Yeah, well, they need more than sticks and pokeballs to yeah. take out Mando. So. Yeah, those poor guys. They. It was a death sentence. They picked the wrong juggernaut to try and pirate. Yeah. But we get this awesome Mayfield line where he just says straight up, never thought you'd be happy to see a stormtrooper, huh? And he's kind of right. Yep. So, that you know, how we, that's how all the fans were feeling at that moment. Yeah. Too. So we beat the pirates and we get inside the refinery and they're welcomed as like heroes. You know, they're getting saluted by all the troopers, like everybody's cheering them on. It's such a weird scene because Mando doesn't know what the hell's going on. He's in he's in foreign territory right now. But Mayfeld leads Mando to the officer's mess hall where the terminal is located, which they have to access. And Mayfeld goes in, you know, he would obviously take the lead, but then he immediately backs off and he tells Mando that he recognized one of the guys, one of the officers in the mess hall was his former commanding officer, a guy named Valen Hess. Of course, we had to get some conflict here a little bit. It wasn't going to be just as easy as walking in there and doing their thing. Yeah, he says, you know, I was just a field operative. I I don't know if he would recognize me, but I'm not taking the chance. So and Mayfeld tries to abort completely. But Mando is like, dude, if we don't do this, I'm going to lose the kid forever. Like, give me the data stick. I'll do it myself. And Mayfeld says, it's not going to work, dude. Like, they have to scan your face to access the terminal. He's like, give me the stick. (laughs) I was so excited. I was like, no way. He's Mm going to do all this for baby Grogu. Yeah. Worth it, so definitely. Mando walks in, like awkwardly salutes this guy, Valen Hess, and walks over to access the terminal. Oh, and one thing I wanted to comment too is just like they were literally being so sketchy in plain sight. Like they didn't even bother like rounding yeah. the corner. Like the guy was clearly looking at them, whispering. 
and yeah. just being shady as hell. I was thinking Mando, that too. And then like yeah. he sees Mayfeld hand Mando the the stick or whatever, and it's just like you guys are you guys are just doing this so poorly. He's they were just being a, so obvious. Yeah. They were being obvious, but he was just a dumb old drunk man. Yeah, show. exactly. And at the truth, fuck the empire. Mm-hmm. Said it once, I'll say it a million times. <laughs> so Mando like awkwardly walks through, salutes Valen Hess, and he gets denied when he, you know, he had to try it. He tries to like scan with the helmet on, and he gets this really loud air message saying like, "You're gonna get screwed in ten seconds if we don't get <laughs> faith." And he's like, "Okay, geez." <laughs> Take that puppy right off, and we get our our beautiful man Pedro Pascal, so handsome, looking great. Oh yeah, I, I liked how they did it too. It wasn't like a slow reveal. It was like, "Shit, I gotta get this off and get my face scanned." And it was so abrupt, we weren't ready for it, and it just happened. Yeah. And we were like, "Let's go!" We're so so hyped to see him. That just shows his dedication to Grogu. You know, if he's willing to take off the helmet that quickly to do it for Grogu, hell well, yeah. The, I think uh, we, we skipped a conversation when they were in the juggernaut that I forgot that I wanted to bring up, but mm-hmm. it was when Mayfeld was saying, like, what's the rule? Can you not take off your helmet or can you not show your face? Because there's a difference. Mm-hmm. And he didn't answer. And I was like, shit, I want to know the answer. <laughs> yeah, that's a good. It was a good question to bring up, actually. And I'm glad you did bring that up. So yeah. and I feel like they defined it in season one as no other living organisms are allowed to see his face. And that's why he was able to take it off in front of the robot so he mm-hmm. did wind up breaking that rule later on in the day but he had not up into when that conversation happened broken the rule mm-hmm. right okay I, as far as i know yeah it sounded really weird to hear you say robot not droid that was really <laughs> true yeah that is weird <laughs> my gosh you're better than that bonnie so the terminal accepts his facial scan and he retrieves the location of the light cruiser. Seemingly, you know, he puts the stick in it beeps, then he takes it out. But all the while this guy, Valen Hess has taken note of him accessing the terminal and he, you know, starts calling over like, Hey trooper, you know, what are you doing trooper? And then he gets over just in time. Mando like takes the data stick, puts it in his pocket, but this guy, Valen Hess, is like, what's your designation, trooper? <laughs> and he's like, uh, I'm transport co-pilot. He's like, no, son, what's your TK number? And he's clamoring around. But then our boy Mayfeld comes in. To the rescue. His gravy, man. Mm-hmm. And he hits him with, uh, this is my commanding officer, TK-953, sir. I'm Imperial Combat Assault Transport Lieutenant TK-111, sir. I'm afraid you're going to have to speak up with him a little bit since his vessel lost pressure in Tanab. <laughs> Beast. Oh, so cool. That was so quick on the spot. Yeah, I was I was going to say, I guess I'll just do this now. Uh, Tanab was a reference to uh, an event that took place in 4ABY between La- Lando Calrissian and a pirate fleet in orbit of the planet Tanab. Uh, basically, Lando Calrissian had done some daring and successful move- maneuver that ended up in favor of the Republic, essentially. So I guess that was... It was actually first referenced in Return of the Jedi, but I think the events of the battle of Tanab had happened before that, but just another cool reference. It was, you know, it was mentioned in the movies. So it was cool seeing it here. You know what ABY stands for, right? Uh, after the battle of Yemen, Yama. Yavin, uh, yeah. Which yeah. is the destruction of the first death star. The second one being the battle of Endor. That's crazy. To so think yeah, that, and- that would start a new, you know, generation <laughs> or new year, whatever. It's, 
it's a good point of reference for the series because it's essentially saying before or after the events of episode four. It makes it so easier for like a good reference point. Yeah, absolutely. It makes it easier for the fans <clears throat> to understand where this is taking place at. There was a meme though, and it was like, "Well, how the hell did they keep track of dates and times before that? Before the battle?" <laughs> yeah, true. Yeah. <laughs> well, but, actually, okay, I'm gonna implore you to go down the rabbit hole because there's like 20 different galactic calendars out there and it's actually kind of interesting if right. you're into it but i'll do it one day so there were there there were ways that they were keeping dates before the battle of yavin gotcha moving on mayfield you know they got the data stick they're on their way and he just tries to talk their way out of that room he's trying to get out of there as soon as possible he, but you know our guy valen has says you're not dismissed trooper and he's being so creepy about it and you know, as the conversation proceeds, he's like, you guys were the only transports able to deliver the Rhydonium to the refinery. Which probably explained why everyone was cheering when they arrived. Yeah. It's just like, you guys were the first ones to do this, so congrats yeah. to you. So, and he's being like real creepy about it, but he's like, why don't he, we get a drink? Yeah, I thought this guy was a very good, I don't know who what is act, what the actor's name is in real life, but he I thought he was doing a really good job. Like not only like was his personality very dark and mysterious, but like the voice that matched with it, I thought was it was perfect for him. So Southern it, it was like a weird southern accent too. Yeah, and it was like super deep too, so it was just made it all that more shady. Have there been other southern accents in Star Wars? Not off just, the top just, of my head that I can think of. Just because, I mean, you know, Southern, obviously, in the U.S. is where it comes from. So it's just funny <laughs> how it's in, like, Star Wars universe, too. It's just yeah. different dialects. But, yeah, so, I mean, I would not want to get a drink with this Valen Hess. Yeah, especially after guy. this interaction. Hell fucking no. Yeah, he's like he's like the creepy back rope guy. He's, like, putting <laughs> his hands exactly. on their shoulders. Like, come with me. Yep. Oh, and they I get the... Uh, they get also... He also calls him uh, brown eyes or whatever. Like, oh, uh, yeah. Mayfeld's like, this is brown, brown eyes. eyes. We just yeah. call him brown eyes. <laughs> yeah, because he asked for, like, what's your name, Trooper? Yeah, uh, we just call him brown eyes. <laughs> Such so, a terrible cover. <laughs> so I'm trying to look this guy up, and I'm pretty sure he was the one that played the OG Night King. Oh, really? no way. In Game of Thrones. Seriously? Wow. Okay. Yep. 2014-15 Game of Thrones Night King, two episodes. Yep. So he was the original Night King. That is crazy. That is <laughs> wild. I don't know how you figured that out. Did you yeah, I, mean? I was like, how do you I, see I, I, his makeup? I kind of memorized it. And I think I saw like in passing a link on Twitter or something saying like great villain actor, Richard Brake, like Night King and Valen has. I, that was going to be my comment. He's a great villain, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> Which is why I didn't want to say it right off the bat. But since you guys were praising his performance, I was like, all right, this guy deserves a name. He deserves a name. Absolutely. Awesome. It's cool. Fun facts. <laughs> so yes, Richard Brake, Valen has Night King. There's layers, man. <laughs> Meanwhile, Fennec and Cardoon are perched with rifles just on the ridge overlooking the refinery. And, you know, it's their part of the heist to take out the cannons on the roof of the refinery so that Boba Fett can bring the Slave One close enough to extract them. That's the whole deal. Mm -hmm. And Fennec is telling Dune, you know, shouldn't be a problem for us. We're two good sharpshooters. I'll handle the cannons. You take out all the remaining troopers. Those ladies are looking badass with those heavy rifles in their hands. I love our two girls in the yeah. in the crew. Venick Venick and Caradine are, are you know, they're killing they, it. They played a huge support role this episode. If not for them, this episode would have gone to shit. 
So we're back at the mess hall and Valen Hess, Mando and Mayfeld are sharing a drink and Hess is just kind of pondering, you know, what should we be cheersing to? And he asked Mando, what, you know, he asked Brown Eyes, actually, I should say, where he's <laughs> from. Obviously, Mando doesn't have an answer. So he just starts stuttering. And we get our boy Mayfeld again, being nice and smooth, saying, you know, why don't we cheers to Operation Cinder? And he says, ah, Operation Cinder, there's a man who knows his history. And he says, oh, I don't just know it. I lived it. I was there on Burning Con. And this is just getting into Mayfeld's backstory and kind of his relationship with this guy, Valen Hess, who is clearly a dick. Hess is just saying, I had to make many unpleasant decisions that day. And Mayfeld says, you know, sure did. Entire city gone in moments, along with everybody in it. You lost our whole division that day. It must have been, what, five, ten thousand 10,000 people? And we get him just going straight to the propaganda of, well, they're all heroes in the empire. It's a small sacrifice for the greater good. And he's just like, yeah, they're all heroes, but they're all dead. What, you know, what is that good for? And the entire time, Mando is just shooting him daggers like, come on, man, keep your cool. Like, you're going to blow it. Bilber, or Sorry, I should say Mayfeld is literally biting his tongue so hard at this point in time. Mm-hmm. You can see the anger in his face. But I do want to comment on Valen Hess's um, just the actor himself. He is just the wickedness in his tone. The Not only is it wicked, but he's just he's got that deep voice, that southern accent that just really plays into his character, I think, overall. Just wanted to give him a quick shout out. So Mayfeld is continuing, you know, with response to the small sacrifice for the greater good comment. He says, you know, it depends on who you ask. Was it was it good for the people who died? Was it good for their families? And then we get this this nice long Valen Hess quote that I think is important to say. He says, but we've outlasted them, son. They're eating themselves alive. The new republic is in complete disarray and we go grow stronger. You see, with the Rhydonium you've delivered, we can create a havoc that's going to make Burning Con just pale by comparison. And then they're going to turn to us once again. Everybody thinks they want freedom, but what they really want is order. And when they realize that, they're going to welcome us back with open arms. Lifts up his glass and he says, to the Empire. And... This is just too much for Mayfeld. He kind of like looks over at Mando and is, like you said, biting his tongue the whole time, but he can't hold it in any longer. He just whips that pistol out and blasts Valen Hess. And uh, I was just so hyped to see that. I I was really hoping that Valen Hess would get his comeuppance and he gets it right away. He might have been okay if he didn't cheers to the Empire, but I think that was the, he was like, you know what? I can't oh, deal yeah. with this piece of shit in front of me. And that's what sent him over to the edge. But that was amazing moment for Mayfeld. I thought it was shitty as it was because it messed up the plan. I still thought it was sweet because it shows he does have feelings and the soft side. Yeah, and, his, his moral compass and everything. Yep. Sorry, yeah, go ahead. So right when he does that, everybody freezes and then he looks over to his left and there's a trooper like holding his lunch tray. They're literally he, in a cafeteria. <laughs> yeah, and he's like, oh my God, like what just happened? And Mayfell realized he's like, all right, well, time to kill everybody. One, two, three, shoots all of them. And he does not miss for this entire episode. He was remembered as, you know, sharpshooter from the prisoner episode in season one. when he had an extra gun on his back and he does not miss this entire time. He is allowed to say, I never miss, unlike Fennec, who we have seen oh, yeah. miss multiple shots. <laughs> and right after they clear the room, they have this quick second with each other, and Mayfeld just 
doesn't say anything else other than you did what you had to do. I never saw your face. And he like kind of turns his own face away and hands him the helmet. And it's a sh- sign of respect. I think we we all love this scene from Mayfeld. God, especially the way he like, especially when he looks away, that just emphasizes the respect that Mayfeld has for Mando, even though they've battled against each other, basically totally respecting Mando. And I love to see it in this scene. And this is what really drew me to love Mayfeld, not just like him. If they bring back Mayfeld, I hope he makes a reference about how he calls him brown eyes or how he did call him brown eyes around other people. So they're like, wait, he has brown eyes? And that's like a big deal. That'd be crazy. I think Mayfeld definitely has to. true. I think Mayfeld definitely has to come back. I mean, he's Bill Burr's done such a great job. I'm pretty sure the fandom loves him. Like, there's just no way he doesn't. He's just a reliable ally Mm -hmm. that Mando can now call a friend. And I do want to go back to that long Valen Hess quote. So he brings up that the New Republic is in disarray and that the remnants of the Empire is getting stronger every day. What we know is that this series takes place between Episode 6 and Episode 7. In Episode 7, the First Order, which is more or less just the Empire, the Mm -hmm. same thing as the Empire, is in control. But right now, the New Republic is seemingly in control. So between now and then... You know, the New Republic falls and this new evil government takes over. And this guy, Valen Hess, is kind of planting the seeds. He's saying, yeah, we're the Empire and we're getting a lot stronger. And the New Republic has no clue what they're doing right now. Like they bit off way more than they can chew. Like they're everybody's calling for order. They don't want this freedom. And it's just like a very, very messed up way of looking at this whole situation but it's also planting the seeds for the events that we already know are going to take place you know the new republic is not going to last and the first order which i think is very very similar to the empire is going to rise to power and i like that you and i like that you mentioned that too because it really and it does emphasize to the fans like where in this in the star wars era we are or whatever you call it you know they're they're giving us that reference. So I really enjoy yep. that. You mentioned that. And Valen has just wanted to reiterate, if all of the uh, generals or anybody in command has the same mindset that he does, which is people don't want freedom. They want to be ruled. They just don't know it. Then that explains everything because that is the most dictator mindset that you could possibly have trying to rationalize your own atrocities by saying that people <laughs> want this this is order for them they're saying they don't want it and but they don't realize that they do yeah. want it yeah. they're like no that's called yeah. rape bro that's called yeah. rape. <laughs> oh my god moving on so obviously they're inside this imperial refinery um troopers start to close in on the mess hall and they're like all right time to get out of here so they kick open a window and just start fleeing on the outside of the building real quick and I, I, these freaking troopers they're absolute fodder yeah i was just gonna Go say th- that was my exact comment i think i just got to get over it at this point i think that's just exactly what they are they're just nobodies who just cannot shoot shit so i'm sorry that i keep tearing them apart but they're literally in a four by four window they're standing there like t- with their it's backs on- turned and all the shots are missing. What what the fuck? <laughs> Honestly, they use the fact that stormtroopers are terrible at combat as a plot device exactly. to allow none of our I, heroes to die. That's I, all it is. I think I just have to accept that at this point. I, I got to stop calling it out because it's just I got to accept it for what it is, you know, and not that like it's it bothers me at all, like so much that I just want to stop watching. You know, it's just fodder. 
we also do get clues as to why they're so shitty. Like this episode, Mayfeld just says, I can't oh. see a thing out of this helmet. So they give them helmets mm. that blind their vision. We had a blaster misfunk or misfire. Like, and okay. obviously their armor does absolutely nothing but weigh them down. So it's funny, you know, okay. like they do give you hints as to why these guys aren't suited for combat, but you know, a platoon of 20 of them missing every single shot is kind of inexplainable. Yeah, you guys see that Family Guy episode where it's like the four the four of only, you know, Peter and the crew are in a chain gang and they're down south and they're running from cops in this big open field. And they're like, wait, why haven't we been shot yet? And then it cuts to the cops and they're like shooting the gun backwards or like, <laughs> yeah. like pulling, like hitting the top of it, not using it right. It's like, yeah, yeah that's basically what's happening. They don't exactly know how to use these thing. things. Mm-hmm. And let me take over this scene real quick, P. Toms, yeah. because so we have uh, Mando and Mayfell just on the ledge of the building um, and they have two stormtroopers, maybe not stormtroopers, or I don't know what specific branch they are. They're a different the brown outfit, armor. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And uh, Fennec shoots the first one out the window and then Cara Dune takes out the second one that's following. And the shriek that this dude lets out is just unbelievable. We've we've heard of the Wilhelm. Uh, screams being used in uh what what movies is that Return like of the everything Jedi. yeah basically well, everything i mean yeah, yeah it's used in every movie but the star wars reference honestly i think it's used multiple times like on yeah like, uh well obviously when they're going to the sarlacc pit and then when they're when they're going on a speeder chase on the uh forest moon of endor or something mm-hmm. like that like i think one of the stormtroopers it's used a couple i think george lucas likes it but this like was it's a, a thing but this was a completely different scream and I was fucking cracking up when this dude gets shot. I don't know why it was just, it was so high pitched. It was just so shrillish. I don't even know, but is, is this just, the dude who was putting a blaster like underneath the window. Like no, no, that's like that right, guy survived. He just gets kicked. Yeah, no, actually, actually, no, no, no. So oh, no. Was, he so he, it was right after that Caradune snipes this guy. There's a dude, yeah, trying to reach his arm out the fucking vent to try and shoot Mando. Mando kicks the yeah. gun away and then just reaches his gun underneath and just blasts him. He does execute <laughs> yeah. that guy. I forgot. But it's just going back to the just stupidity of stormtroopers. It's just so funny. As we continue, you know, they climb a ladder onto the roof because that's the whole plan. The slave one's going to come in and pick them up. Uh, Fennec had already called on the comms, told Boba Fett, yeah, we're ready to go, like get in position. And it all times out perfectly. They're on the roof as they're getting onto the roof. Fennec and Cara Dune take out the cannons and the platoon of troopers that are there. So, and Mando and Mayfeld are running across the rooftop and they jump onto the slave one. Shout out Bill Burr's athleticism. It was literally in my notes. I had Bill Burr athleticism. Wow. You know, I just did not see that coming, man. Yeah. It was a leap of faith. Makes a leap of faith. Love it. Oh, oh my God. Jinx. Love yeah. it. So, and then right when they get on the, the slave, what do you even call that? Like, not a landing pad, but... Landing ramp. Oh, wait. Landing and ramp. Actually, and actually, this is where we see that when they're making the jump onto the ship, uh, we see physically that uh, Fett is looking upwards in his ship. So we can assume that, like you said, Paul, or like we all said, basically, that you know the cockpit is not gyroscopic, whereas maybe the passenger area and the cargo area are gyroscopic. It's, it's weird because when the Slave One is upright and flying, he's sitting in a normal position. Mm-hmm. But when it's when it lands and it kind of rotates 90 degrees, I don't think the cockpit gyroscopes. Yeah. So when it's 
landed and he's in the driver's seat, he's basically sitting on his back looking up. Yeah, I was always I was yeah. wondering that too because like how do you how do you land something if you're looking directly up? I'm sure he has some scanners and shit on the screen that yeah. help him land it, but yeah, Dude, that's uh, the same thought. Yeah, what is it? Uh, Attack of the Clones, right? Watch that one. And young Boba Fett, same thing. Yeah, Slave One. Yep. And once they get onto this landing ramp or what have you, Mayfield looks over to Mando and says, "Pass me that cycler rifle." Lines up the shot, and it's a pretty nice shot, but he nails the rhydonium tank explodes the refinery and we have two people that take note of what a good shot it was in fennec and dune fennec's like hey that's a nice shot and dune's like yeah you're right she's like she's starting to get on board she's scratching her chin she's like "Hmm, maybe we could use this guy a little bit (laughs) um just gonna say right now i'm shipping mayfeld and cara dune they are now she got she realized she loved him in that moment when he shot the open hatch (laughs) Not just the juggernaut, the open hatch and the juggernaut. So this is our she she's grooming him to become like a full on good guy, you know. That's why she's letting him stay out of prison. Yeah. Paul, Paul calling out the second ship of uh our second ship of uh Mandalorian. First we had Mando and the the girl on that small village. Now we have yeah. Paul predicting Caradoon and Mayfeld as <laughs> Caradoon or Carefeld or whatever. Carefeld, I like that. We don't <laughs> get a do. lot of love on this show. Exactly. So <laughs> yeah. I, I don't yeah, know. So we if, could use a nice love story. I don't know if we will ever. I, Best love I, story I, we have so far is the frog lady and frogman and the yeah. little little eggs. So. That is so far the best one we have. And it was not a good one. <laughs> It was good. So once the refinery is exploded, two TIE fighters, uh, you know, emerge from the explosion and start giving chase to the slave one. And Boba Fett's just like, yo, guys, strap in. I got this. And out comes the seismic charge. Woo! And it looks it. amazing. It sounds amazing. Huh. So was- cool. Because b- before you mentioned that he did use it in uh, while he was being chased by Obi-Wan. I think that's Attack of the Clones as well. Mm-hmm. I didn't realize how much the fans loved it and the sound it made. And boy, did it just give me a shot of dopamine when I saw <laughs> wow and, and just destroy the other TIE fighters. Like a third of the memes that I saw after last episode, which was the first episode that confirmed the Slave One was going to be in this series, were just begging for the seismic charge and it was only because of the sound they loved that sound i'm gonna make it's it my text fandom. my text alert sound <laughs> yo that would be so cool <laughs> actually though only ogs would know when i'm out in public in the hair yep only OGs. honestly you could make a lot of friends that way like does this guy fucking know yeah this- <laughs> <laughs> it lived up to the fucking hype man that seismic charge mm-hmm. was a treat for all of us to see yeah. So the two TIE fighters get taken care of with the seismic charge, and then the slave one just lands somewhere in the forest in you know a safe area. And our boy Mayfeld just seems resigned to going back to prison, you know, just being so humble. And Mando just says, "Hey, thanks for helping." And Mayfeld wishes him luck with the kid. You know, he thinks that's going to be it. And Cara Dune kind of comes over. You know, she she's acting coy and says, "Hey, that was that was a pretty nice shot you had there." He's like, oh, you saw that? Yeah, it wasn't really part of the plan. I was just trying to get some stuff off my chest. And (laughs) Cara Dune starts talking to Mando as if Mayfeld's not even there. And she's just like, yeah, it's too bad. 
excuse me, it's too Brad. <laughs> it's, it's too, too bad. bad. It's too bad. Prisoner number three, four, six, six, seven died on the refinery explosion in Morak. And he's like, yeah, that really is a shame. And the whole time Mevfeld's just like, um, does this mean I can leave? Like, because <laughs> I not, will. Like, they're not answering. They're not yeah. answering. I mean, he's just asking, like, can I just go? And finally, Mando hits him with the head nod, mm-hmm. and he's just kind of—he's still questioning it. He's like, he yeah. looks back a little bit. He's walking away. He's looking back, double taking. Mm-hmm. He's on hysterical. his way. He's on his way, man. And boy, this was such a phenomenal episode for Mayfeld as a whole, man. Like, just mm-hmm. from being the villain—not even a villain, just like kind of being dragged along—and now here he is. We get a whole character dynamic change and fuck i loved it so much man mayfell just climbed the ranks in my favorite characters in this show and the way they ended it too he has to be making another appearance i assume right i mean he's free now yeah he can go do whatever 100 percent, paul i i think the way that they ended it because like the ship kind of i don't know if we if this is the part it's probably right here, but like the ship takes off and, you know, he kind of is looking at the ship and he's like smiling a little bit, you know, I think this is going to be not the end of Mayfeld. Oh, yeah. So I'd be so hyped to see him again. Damn. Cara Dune is going to be married and have kids with a fugitive. <laughs> That's crazy. <laughs> Who would have thought the Marshall? Yeah. The Marshall would be <laughs> hooking up with a former fugitive. <laughs> so Mayfeld walks away at seemingly a free man, or I guess a dead man. Cause that's the, <laughs> yeah, that's yeah, the story dead. they're going with. Exactly. And Dune just asks, you know, what's our next move? And like you said, Mayfeld just watches with a smile as the slave one takes off. And then we get a cut and we're back aboard Moff Gideon's light cruiser. (laughs) And this was Brian's favorite scene of the episode, because this is where we get protective Papa Bear Mando. (laughs) I'm just going to I'm just going to give us the quote. So the comms officer comes in and says, Moff Gideon, you have to see this. And it's a hollow message from Mando. And he says, Moff Gideon, you have something I want. You may think you have some idea of what you are in possession of, but you do not. Soon he will be back with me. He means more to me than you will ever know. God, I have <laughs> literally chills from you just repeating that that line right there. Oh, my God. What a phenomenal way to end the episode. Does he repeat what for some reason i feel like that was in the hologram that moff gideon sent it's the same thing right he just like repeats it, it right was. back that's it, so bad oh i didn't even he definitely that. says yeah season one when they have i guess it would have been like episode seven and eight when moff gideon makes oh his first appearance God. he definitely says you have something i want yep. you may think you have some idea of what you are in possession of but he says it's yeah, all the same thing. Dude, yeah. so oh, cool. Nando says, here's yeah. your fucking desserts and just shoves it in his face. <laughs> yeah. My fucking chills are fucking all over right now, yeah. man. That is such a... And it was at the... Like, it's around the same time. You said episode seven, and here we are, episode seven of season two. So it was the perfect time for this phrase. Oh, my God. And he looked they, pretty scared. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> they, they showed the face and he looked visibly scared and justifiably so because Mando's already almost killed him once by mm-hmm. literally taking out his TIE fighter with nothing but his jetpack. <laughs> he is a thorn in Moff Gideon's side, and Moff Gideon is now finally realizing that this dude is going to fuck my day up. <laughs> yeah. All right. So that is our closing scene of the episode. What let's. Let's do it. Out of 10, what are we giving this episode? Nine, probably again. <laughs> I loved I, it so much. 
I think talking with you guys just makes me love these episodes so much more, but I'm going to stick to what I thought after just directly after watching the episode. It wasn't, I still don't think it was as good as the previous two episodes. And I think I gave, it was respectively like a 10 and then a nine, maybe I'll give this like an eight and a half. I, I don't know. It was great. I, 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 I don't want to underappreciate it because it was a phenomenal episode for character development, for plot. Everything could was just so perfect in this episode. So I'm hovering between eight and a half, nine. Yeah, I'm going to give it an eight and a half as well. And it's only because I do think that I enjoyed the last two episodes more. And I think I gave them like a 10 and a nine and a half respectively. So I'll put it below those, but it's not for me not enjoying this episode because if you couldn't tell i loved this episode i loved the character of mayfeld um it definitely hurts that we didn't have any grogu in this episode but Mm. at the same time i almost forgot that he was gone because yep this this was like a self-contained adventure in and of itself with kind of like an unfamiliar crew to us it was awesome and i think we are getting us ourselves set up for a 10 out of 10 season finale yeah i mean, I mean we're gonna a, see yeah, mando kill a bunch of dark troopers that's gonna mm-hmm. happen because they're gonna come back and do you think we're gonna get moff gideon's death ah uh, it's so hard to tell honestly i i'm gonna agree with you b toms i mean if the past three episodes were 10 9 eight and a half and if we're even debating eight and a half, like this season finale is going to gear up to just blow our fucking minds. I think I, I, and to answer your question, Paul, I really, I, I don't think Moff Gideon is going to be dead. I don't know. He already survived death once though. So it's like, are they going to do that same thing again where they almost kill him and he comes back again in season three or, I mean, they could just grab the baby and make an escape. Um, Yeah. The baby, it's, it's so, <laughs> he's fifty the years old. Yeah, he's it's it's so hard to say, Paul. Honestly, I can't. I I honestly can't predict. I don't if know they do kill, if they do kill Moff Gideon, all all I know is that once he's out of the way, then it's all sights pointing towards Grand Admiral Thawne, uh, Thrawn, Thrawn as our okay. big bad. That is true. I I don't think they're going to kill off Moff Gideon quite yet because I think the fandom really accepts him as a villain and I I love Moff Gideon as a villain. So I think they're going to stick him around or keep him around for a little bit. But at the same time, if we know anything, it's that anybody that touches baby Yoda gets killed. So (laughs) yeah, that's true. I think actually now that you're, I forgot about uh, vice Admiral Thrawn. I think honestly, they grand Admiral. Sorry, not vice Admiral grand Admiral Thrawn. Um, I think now that you mention it, I think I could see it going the path of like, okay, they kill Moff Gideon, retrieve the dark saber, and then they use the dark saber to they use that to help them take down Thrawn. So it's possible. I really can't predict it, but I'm so excited for the season finale. Either way, I think it's pretty obvious that we are going to have a run-in with Moff Gideon next episode, and that just leads me to believe that it's going to be an all-time great episode. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so it's going to be amazing. I, the one thing that I would like to see is them recruit Cobb Vanth to the squad mm-hmm. to take on Moff Gideon. We'll, we'll see if we get that, though. But do you guys have any uh, lasting comments nope. you want to share? Just I want it to be Friday already. Yeah, <laughs> that's yeah. all I got to say. 
keep an eye out for our continued coverage of the Mandalorian. We only got one episode left this season. It's going to be a great one like we just talked about. And as always, if you like what you heard, give Bingetown TV a follow on Twitter and Instagram and subscribe to our show on Spotify and the Apple Podcast app. Once again, we are Bingetown TV. And this is the way. Oh, that's new. <laughs>